All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. My name is Zach. Uh, Kohai and Tom are going to be joining me this evening. We're going to be talking about Rose Hill and recapping a bunch of stuff that's been happening in the racing industry. It is a very uh, somber week uh, in for any racing fan or any sports fan in Australia. We had a tragic loss of a well-known jockey, a bit of a veteran in the field, in Dean Holland uh, during the week. He came off... At Donald was the opening race at Donald during the week, where yeah it went went a real miss. One of his uh, the, his fall, there was another jock went down, two horses, and we lost Dean. Um, it's really sad. He is a young man. He's only thirty four. He has four kids under four. He had four kids in three years or something, and it's been a really really tough week for those close to him and people in the industry. I guess one bit of a shining light is um, they put up a GoFundMe. During the week, and within a couple of days, I think the goal was five hundred thousand. It is at one point three million and growing. It is going to hopefully get involved. It's easy for you to get involved. All you need to do is Google uh, Dean Holland GoFundMe and whatever you can do five bucks, ten bucks, hundred bucks, anything you can do. It'll be a big help. But it is a really, really sad day uh, week to hear for hear this hearing, especially after him bizarrely getting the ride aboard in secret for the new market last last month and riding the group one, his first group one in 12 years, which is, um, he was just at the top part of his career. But as I welcome in the boys, uh, Tommy, Coey, uh, we work in the industry, so, you know, I, I don't know if you boys were watching it live, I was at work, but um, really, really tough, tough week, mate. Tommy? Yeah, mate, um, I did a Monday off, but I saw you sent a message to us in our group chat saying that, uh, it was pretty serious, and I, I sort of looked on Twitter and a few things, and he was getting airlifted, but news hadn't broken yet, and it sort of broke about 4.30 that he had passed, and, of course, me and my partner were just looking at all the media info that we could find on it, and a really sad situation, um, uh, especially a guy so young. He's got four kids under five years old. Um, as he said, he's just he's been a Group One winner for the first time in a while on um, Newmarket Day. Um, I worked Anzac Day, and a lot of the a lot of the jockeys didn't really want to interview. And I know Sam Clipperton said some really nice things, but I think there was a bit of a mood on track and a mood around the races, saying that they um, not just Anzac Day, where it's such an emotional day anyway, but still so fresh and raw this news about Dean was really sad and I know a couple of the Melbourne jockeys who were really down and out got together and um, just sort of coped together too, just uh, got around at a pub and just um, told some stories and that just to try and get through. I know I know a few people, just a few jockeys still aren't riding, um, just still coming to grips with the news and you got to think like it's such a dangerous sport, like it's... Um, these guys are so resilient and yeah it's really really sad and especially the way that, uh, it happened for him as well um just yeah the thoughts go with the family and just everyone involved in racing as well one when someone someone does die everyone everyone in the industry really feels it i think we got to understand the the size of the jocks they're they're weighing a buck of a buck over 50, 50 kilos or something. So we hear about falls and bizarrely, Coey, like the day that he rode that group one was the day that Jamie had a fall and God bless that she, she was okay. But that's, he came into a big ride because of a fall and look, it's not uncommon. It is one of the dangerous things in the world. Like we've said a hundred times, it's the only job where an ambulance follows you around the track every time you work. So it's brutal times, eh? hundred percent. So, I um, mean, yeah, Tommy's pretty much shed light perfectly on uh, the situation. It is a somber moment and it's kind of, it's eye-opening because, you know, it, it, your life can be gone in the blink of an eye. And, oh, it's, uh, he's, what was it, 12 years apart from group yeah. ones and uh, happens to be Australasian Oaks weekend this weekend, which was his actual first group one he won, so... He was a gifted, you know, lightweight jockey. I think he can weigh as little as 48 kilos, old Dino. So, Gee whiz. Um, 48 kilos. He had over a 1,000 like, winners, um, and he had aspirations to get bigger and or go bigger and better, especially off that uh, huge new market win. I think I'm sure 
trainers would have been looking out for him, just going, my God, you know, you're a lightweight jockey. Why aren't we booking you more often, this and the other? So I think he was only starting to peak in terms of his career. So it is a shame. It's um, very heartfelt in the way it's gone down. Um, if I can just take a moment, though, I think everyone paid their respects really well on social media, but I think it was a Herald Sun which went up with a photo, which was... <laughs> Poor to say the least. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure how to think of it and why they thought it was a great idea to do so, but I, I, I found it real distasteful. And But yeah, all in all, we've all banded together. The fraternity in racing is really tight and you know, close together. So hopefully, you know, we come out stronger and I guess we never forget, you know, Dino. Yeah, and I think I think what is is really cool with that day that um, he won the new market in secret was a pretty short favourite to go around in probably the biggest race of the day or one of them, and the fact that there was no many jockeys available, he gets the call up. The amount of pressure that knowing that every degenerate in Australia, everyone has been back this, the amount of pressure that he's on, and the horse started drifting because he jumped on, he shat in on the horse. So what I will do, I'm just going to grab. I'm going to start from about halfway and grab the call in a little um, tribute to Dino. Third last in that pack over on the flat side rail from Buena Noches and also September Run coming virtually up the outside. The astrologist led Marzu and then Lofty Strike Baller and I Wish I Win is last in that group of five coming up the outside onto the course proper. 500 metres to go. Snap Found the gap. There. From in second, Rock and Horse front page. In secrets, only two off the lead. Private Eye back to the inside with Bella Nipatina. Coming up the outskirts, the astrologist Marzu. And I wish I win is the widest. Plenty of hopes in secret. Took the front. 250 metres to go from front let page. Go. Private Eye. Then I wish I win the outside. In secret, the leader. 100 metres to go. Lofty Strike is flashing down the outside. But it's the filly in secret holding on. In secret from the new market. In secret from Lofty Strike and I wish I win. They were followed by... And to be honest, it probably couldn't have been ridden better. You wouldn't know that it was Dino or Jamie Carr on there. He found the front at the 250. I know that he said he um, he was a bit worried about letting go at 250, but knowing the horse that was under him, uh, still won by a tick over a length too. So crack and win, it is very... Mate. Yep. Uh, no, just, just to touch on that too, uh, just the class of him as well. He, he didn't want to celebrate too hard afterwards course, yeah. either. He... He just said, "Look, I don't want to, I don't want to carry on, and that it's a massive moment for me winning a Group One." But obviously, Jamie and um, Craig were in a really serious situation, and even though it's he's won him this massive race, he's just like, "No, no, yeah. just he didn't celebrate um, at all." Going over the it line. was just class. It was yeah. just really class. And just touching on a bit on it, what jockeys go through as well, mate. You touched on it before. There's this um, American guy who who got about 420 professional athletes and tested their conditioning, their reflexes, coordination, strength, and he was astonished. He found that jockeys were graded higher than all other athletes. He said, like, the body uh, body fat percentage is the lowest, so that often, like, leads to a lot of, like, um, injuries and, and uh, slow recovering from injuries, but... All of them could bench press their own weight. There are all a lot of strength to them, but just the amount of injuries they go through. Like, yeah, they put a photo of AP McCoy, who's just like broken both shoulders, vertebrae, broken arm, dislocated thumb, broken ankle, broken leg, broken wrist, broken ribs, punctured lungs, dislocated everything, collarbone, cheekbones, just just ridiculous. Like some of these guys and. What they're going through. The fact that Willow's already come back and won a Group One from yeah. that day as well, wow. yeah. in a sickening injury, it's just, it's just, uh, it, it's credible to all the jockeys and how much like they fight to get back and and ride again. And it's just, it's times like these we've got to just take a breath and like realize how how much they put their bodies through. I mean, it's the only job where an ambulance sort yeah. of chases you while you're working. It's it's ridiculous. Bloody hell, they're tough. Um. All right, moving on from the bad news. Uh, today, White Marlin went around. Um, surprisingly, I know it was, the menu was transferred, but uh, was going around at Packenham in the first today. It went around at about $1.20. Uh, got rolled. 
which is um pretty surprising. I know I don't look, if you had the balls to jump into a dollar twenty or just watch it go around. It is the cup Melbourne Cup favourite, but uh yeah, got rolled in the first, got run down in probably like the last hundred meters or so by Diagula, um, Michael D, who's flying. Um, but yeah, dollar twenty. Disappointing though, because Tommy, you had your horse win the last at Wyong, which you didn't <laughs> you didn't back out right, but you just thought you'd get a little extra juice in at it with White Marlin. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up, Zach. Like, I was super thrilled. And the first attack then was meant to jump five minutes before uh, Wyong. And uh, Tacoma won the last of Wyong. And I was very excited about that. Um, but I backed White Marlin into Tacoma thinking that if White Marlin didn't win, I might be able to have another bet on Tacoma. Instead, course, you see Tacoma uh, shoot in and just got to Yeah, sweat. and then Packenham run 10 minutes late and watch him jump after and... I, I just I had that sinking feeling all after Tacoma win. You watch um you watch you watch the Melbourne Cup favourite get rolled here at Packenham. Yeah. At a two thousand at Packenham. At a, um and they've backed it into a dollar twenty. So uh, just one of the great stories. But um I'm still wrapped, still huge run from Tacoma and it was it was really good. Um I think we had a we had another winner Chilada the the week before. Um we might have four runners coming up to Scone, so Oh mate, Night Ride um, went well. Ran a yeah, second Night at like fifties. Really well. We've got another. We've got a horse with Lou Mary, who's um, going to be running at Scone as well. So um, we might have four runners up there, and I'll be getting up to Scone on the Friday. So I'm looking forward to that in a couple of weeks' time. So the stables going pretty well. But yeah, talking through my pocket, it wasn't great. No, unlucky. The Scone kind of. If you've never been to Scone Cup, I went once. It's unreal. So enjoy that. Uh, Side note, we, we will be doing Rose Hill today. We'll touch on a couple of ones up north and maybe the Archer. But also, you boys are going to be up in Queensland for the carnival most weekends. Um, we're also going to, probably going to bring on uh, a friend of ours that I used to work with, or we both used to work with, Alex. Um, he's a bit of a Queensland nut, uh, Dolphins fan now, and he's going to try and do some uh, Queensland form for us. He writes for Sky and does some form for that. So in the coming weeks, we'll probably try and get him on to give us some tips there. But, boys, you're going to be there most weekends throughout the Brisbane Carnival? Uh, Coey will be. A lot of it, I think I go one week. Oh, you're not two. going. You're just sending him. Yeah, yeah. Coey's, um, Coey's got the boats, boots to fill this year. So um, I reckon... Cold, cold beers. That's what I'm going up for. Hot weather, cold beers. Well... But, um, yeah, yeah. I think Tommy and I are there for Thready Day, which will be exciting stuff. And then... I think we're, between the two of us, I think we're there every other group one day. It'll be a good one. There's a lot of listeners in that listen in here uh, from Queensland that are big Eagle Farm, Dooman fans. So if you want, reach out. Kohai will not say no to a meat pie and a schooner, even if he's on the tools, I'm sure. Uh, annoy him. All right, let's have a look at Rose Hill. Um, just knock on the sky, racing truck door, and just bang on it, especially during a group one. That'll do well. Um 1100 meter, yeah, we kick it off. 20 past, yeah, exactly. Chris Court. Uh, 11.20 in the morning, it kicks off. 1100 meters of the best, and Dylan Gibbons is riding. Also, just quite a look at an apprentice. Zach Lloyd riding plenty of winners again. He also weighed in light last week. Uh, look, most people will say unacceptable, especially when you back a horse and it gets moved from third to disqualified and stuff, but he has copped a big fine. I think he did offer to pay the connections, but they knocked it back. But. Another little mis- I think it um actually after interviewing him a few weeks or a couple of months ago, he mentioned we I brought up the fact that his first ride in town was on Rita May, and he he said on this podcast that he uh he may have butchered that ride, and after he weighed in light, he got Rita May into third. So maybe it was a bit of karma, <laughs> uh, getting Rita May back with that extra bit of money for third. So. I'm not saying he did it on purpose, but... Uh, maybe, maybe he just felt bad to you and just wanted to give you an extra bit of Just a bit of, bit of the money. universe karma coming around, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Dipsy Doodle is favourite. Dylan aboard uh, for Cummings. Four bucks. Sovereign Fund is there. J-Mac aboard for the Snowdens at fives. We got 550 for Armed Forces. Magic Man riding ever so well, even though I gave him an absolute ripping when he first got here and he's just thrown it in my face. Tumbling is there at uh, close to double figures at nine bucks. Ravenclaw and then we're out to a bunch of others. For bigger odds, even Zach Lloyd is there. He's riding for Kieran and Dave. Uh, 14 bucks on Dumebi. Dumebi? Don't know. Dipsy Doodle. Kohai. Let's go with you. What about your, What do you reckon? Are you with the Cummings? This two-year-old race is so hard to dissect. 
all two year olds are. Re- replays after replays. Well, none of their forms connect to each other, so you have to literally <laughs> watch a bunch. Dice, you know, like there was fourteen runners to start in this field, and I was like, God damn it, nothing. There is no ties. There is a couple of ties with trials, but trials are trials, I guess, right? So, um, and on top of that, the track on Saturday is a little bit up in the air. Yeah. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that we've had two really nice drawing days leading up. Uh, it'll probably hit a good four, I reckon, late tomorrow or early Saturday, but they are forecasting anywhere between four to 20 mils on Saturday. So it's the worst kind of rain because it's on the day. Um, it's going to be all surface water, which could lead to uh, the track conditions absolutely going for a, you know, going through the ringer and, I hate betting on those kind of days, but regardless of that, I've done it, done my form <laughs> as we speak on like a soft five to soft six. But I guess this could change. As for the first race for the two year olds, uh, Sovereign Fund, I mean, we'll go through the, the proven form, which is Sovereign Fund, Thunder Lips, and Dipsy Doodle. They're all warranted, they've all won early season two year old races all recently. Uh, Sovereign Fund, I think, is under the odds, despite J-Mac on board. The weight worries me, but he should get a good run in transit, so mm, I, I could forgive. Thunderlips, unknown from Bjorn's yard. Good win at Hawkesbury, I think it was, um, and a win wouldn't surprise me. should love the extra 100 metres. Nice price to find out. And Dipsy Doodle, midweek last start, gets the deal in one and a half claim, so well in the weights here. I wouldn't want to see the price drop any further because I think four bucks is, mm, yeah, I don't know. Like, Godolphin's obviously tipped into this and, you know, early money from Godolphin speaks volumes, but wouldn't want to be taking anything lower. But in terms of the one I want to back is a first starter, Ravenclaw, who trialed against Sovereign Fund most recently. Strong trial, just hard held to the line, Sovereign Fund absolutely got bashed in that trial to find the line. It won, but Ravenclaw was only about a length behind the leaders. Bridged the gap really well. I don't think it matters where it sits in the run. I don't mind the price as it stands. And I think it will get a nice cushy run, kind of just slightly off the speed midfield. So I'd happily back, take, you know, I guess the gamble, so to speak, on Ravenclaw and have something small. On Chevron, if it runs at Rose Hill, but looking unlikely because will, she will head to Scone All tomorrow. Right. Ravenclaw, eight fifty. You can probably find nine bucks somewhere. But uh, Jay Collard Award for Walla. Uh, Tommy, uh, you a fan of Doodle? Oh, that's a bit personal, but um, I think Dipsy Doodle wins here. I think um, uh, the weight's in between it and Sovereign Fun. I think they're the two horses that have definitely where. Uh, whether at as a two-year-old, just uh, both really improving in Sovereign Front. Um, I'd like to see it come back this prep, but Dipsy Doodle saw a very green um, early on and now that last run really, really grown into itself now. So I think Dipsy Doodle, I think, I reckon, I reckon it will be a bit shorter. Um, I think money will come for Dipsy Doodle and I think it will win, and especially that weight swing. Two horses I am keen to see, though, debut Armed Forces and Ravenclaw. Don't want to be with them first up, but um, keen to see both of them and see what they're about. Both um, have a bit about them in the trial. So keen to see those two and even um, the Zach Lloyd runner as well, the maybe. But uh, I'm with Dipsy Doodle. Okay, Dipsy Doodle and Ravenclaw. The next is the Midway, hardest race of all time. 1,400 metres, Class 3, Bianca Villano. Uh, J-Mac Award for Ron Stubbs. It's now for eighty uh, five fifty, or getting $6 now for preemptory. Uh, Hannah Williams claiming three for Danny Williams. Had a good win in the heavy going. Uh, last start at Ramwick. Litzamania, Dylan's aboard, six fifty. Just four. Had some good money for it. Um, it's drawn absolutely wide, but Magic Man is aboard for Paul Massar. Are fourteen into seven fifty. Chase my crown is there at eight fifty. Couple of bucks for it as well. King of Spades, omen bet for me. Zach Lloyd aboard, but it's on the drift. And then we're going out to bigger odds. But um, Coey Midway, where are you? Highway, you mean? Um, but, yes, highway. Um, man, I, I think the proven form 
I think the two form lines you look at is literally the four, uh, highway to Fortnite ago, which preemptory won, and I guess the country championships. That's probably the two standouts. Uh, so Bianca Villano came fourth or fifth in a uh, fourth in that uh, country championships, and subsequently has been pushed in the weights and. 63 and a half. This yeah. is going to be some task. Um, I think it's still favourite. Is that right? Um, if it's still favourite, like I just don't know if I want to market at that price point. It's a nine and a half kilo swing top to bottom here. I know it's a talented runner, um, but I think I've got a feeling it might be paddling in that last 100 metres or so. Paddling, <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I, yeah, it'll just be just going up and down the one spot in the last 100 metres, I reckon. That's why... With the price considered, I don't want to be on it. Uh, um, pre-entry, though, I'm surprised about the little bit of a drift on it. Um, Hardly a drift. It's a good 50 cents or so. It's, oh, no, no. But, like, it is still a little bit of a push away. I'd happily take him on. It gets the three-kilo claimer, Hannah Williams, to jump on, which subsequently means that he's, she, uh, he's going to be starting one and a half kilos heavier than last start, which I think is fine. Uh, $6.50 thereabouts. I think that's generous and I can definitely follow her or sorry, him. And I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit silly because I had a little bit of mail on Chase My Crown last start. Um, but I had a little bit of a query running first up after a bit of a, had a throat up, this, then the other, but the camp were super confident saying it's returned best ever. So mm. I think the speed will be genuine in this highway, like most highways. So I think we will see her fly late and be amongst the miners again. And just a small, small specking on Sammy Ballerina. I know Tim McIntosh has a, a little bit of a say about this little filly. Um, she finally got a, her win up uh, Musselbrook last start. I know it's a drift, a massive drift. I think it's like 26 or $31 right now. But 17 uh, hasn't it been pushed out? 10 bucks no. to 17, yeah. Yeah, 10 to 17, sorry. So I'm thinking of a different runner. But it's been pushed out, which is slightly uh, surprising. But I think it's I think it's in for a good campaign here. Uh, I think you just need to get that win out of the way. I've been following her for a couple of runs here, and I could definitely entertain her on the place. So something small on her, but preemptory for me on top. Tommy? Yeah, I can see where Coe's coming from, I think. Um, Hannah Williams, the first uh, city winner last week, and she rode a double, so it was really great uh, seeing her get that done. And preemptory's been uh, really consistent. Last two runs have been great, and now stepping up to fourteen hundred, I can see, I can see why um, a lot of people like preemptory here. Um, I think it, yeah, it's it's in for a big race. Um, the uh, Bianco Volano, though, 63 and a half kilos, but it is coming out of a country championships final where it came fourth on a um, on a wet track. So, look, there's a few ticks there as well. Um, 480 is still getting in as well. So, like, I think I think it's pretty close between these two. I want to go preemptory. Um, in saying that, I think it's great. I think it's actually one of the really good highways. You've got some really good horses. Liz, Liz Demania uh, has been... Um, consistent, really consistent. This prep, its win was great coming from last. And as Kelly said, there's going to be a ton of speed. So I like looking at a few back markers and one at a knockout. Um, it won't be ready to go first up, but if they're absolutely humming along, Jay Collett loves a tab highway and Proust is um, it's a cracker. It's a cracker of a horse, but first up might be just a bit too um, bit too raw. Uh, but you watch it um, win a few races this prep. But, yeah, I'm probably leaning toward preemptory. Okay, preemptory. All right, now in midway. Uh, Wrathful, $3.50. Dylan Gibbons on another fave. Um, drawn wide for Kavanagh. Fives into three fifty. We've got anything goes. It's one of my pet peeves, people putting a K on the end of words. Um, six fifty in from nine fifty. J-Mac aboard. A decadent tail. Reese Jones is there for Jason Deemer at nine fifty. May Rose, Tommy Sherry aboard for Sergeant. We're double figures now for New, New Republic, Poseidon Ruler, Cuban, Grand Chico, which has been well backed. It's a twenty one into twelves. Anything else? It's been no. That's it. Uh, Coey Midway thoughts. So the two money horses thus far I can see is Cuban Grand Chico and Rathful. Yeah. Uh, Anything goes is at a couple of bucks. Uh, I think that's a bit of J Mac money. Yeah, I might suspect. 
Um, they both go, anything goes, and Mayro's come out of the same midway as last start, and it's kind of surprising that Mayro's just got the higher quote. So I'm just assuming it's a bit of J Mac following, and that's where it's gone. Um, both of them, I do respect, but I th- I do think that others are far more backable in this race. It's once again, it's an absolute huge field. I mean, one scratching, so 19 can still go around. So <laughs> it's anyone's race, and it, of course, it's a midway. Of course. Uh, but let's start with Cuban Grand Chico. Since the uh, market's open, it's been backed off the map. Uh, Louise Day is going to come up the highway to Cameo, a horse that she knows really, really well. Good chance that this guy will be one of the like the leaders. I think it'll hum, um, hunt towards the rail as soon as the barriers open. So he will take like out of the equation and probably will give you a sight. But I can't. Yeah, I'm still not convinced. Rathful, on the other hand, I think so many people would have put this horse on in the black book last start. Yeah, have, go have a watch of it if you um, have a bit, a couple of seconds. Ran at Warwick Farm. It was pretty much three and four wide the trip because it was drawn wide and it still hummed along. Found the line extremely well. Past the line, it's past the leaders. Steps up in trip. Barrier 12 seems like a worry, but it won't be. It'll sit probably... Slightly worse of midfield, plenty of speed here, so I could definitely warrant its favouritism. 350 is definitely on the underside, though, and I just want to quickly touch on Oakfield Arrow. I was looking at this, and this race has a small resemblance to when it won last start, oh, sorry, last preparation in the four pillars for me. The two starts it's had this prep, I uh, can kind of put a pen through it. It ran in group two company in the Sapphire, which was just too strong a company and that provincial midway final was on a heavy track so i can it doesn't want to be on a heavy track it, on the better side of soft it will probably grow wings and zach lloyd has a claim it's drifted but i could definitely entertain each way as well so wrathful on top with a small speck on oakfield arrow okay tommy where'd you land any value yeah, it's, it's a bit midway. It's a bit tough. I think Marrow's was good winning last prep, but where did that come from? I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just not too sure with it. I think um, Miracle Spins tried well, but I've probably got to go with Cuban uh, Grand Chico. Um, Louise Day is actually on fire at the moment. She, I think she rode four or five at Canberra the other day. She's popping all over shop, and um, I think it just maps really well here. I think... It's a big field, but I don't know if there is a lot of speed or if it is, the speed's all drawn wide. Yeah, it's probably all drawn wide, to be honest. And I think Cuban Grand Chico just just settles in there nicely and can really dictate uh, what it wants to do. So I think Louise Day on and, she, yeah, she's just she, really in good form at the moment and coming to town to ride this rather than a full book elsewhere really suggests that um, I think this is going to run really well. So, yeah, I think um, Cuban Grand Chico and maybe an each well miracle spin after trailing really well. All right, both at decent odds. We got the Alan Davidson handicap, 1,200 metres in race number four. Flag of Honour is equal favourites with Lavish Empire. Flag of Honour, 650 to 550. Lavish Empire, a bit better. Nine into 550. Tommy Sherry aboard for Newnham. It's going to be second up. Valiancy is there. Jay Collard aboard for Kieran and Dave. Drawn pretty wide. Contemporary is there for Zach. A uh, couple of bucks that's come in. Nines into sixes. Pretty wild is there at tens. 21 into 14 for Uzziah. Uh, anything else being backed? Not overly. Um, tough race, Coe. Two equal favourites at the top. Good cash for Lavish Empire. I've got a small speaking already on Flag of Honor. Lavish Empire. I just, I'm not sure how to dissect that midweek form going into this. I know Flag of Honor's a Saturday great horse, so I'm happy to be on its camp. Um, it's going to be coming back to bench benchmark grade, and will be. I, I think he's going to be really hard to beat. I just, gets J Mac. I know the speed Mac is a little bit muddling because there's probably a handful of leaders that go forward, and uh, Flag of Honor being drawn a little bit wider. I don't know how far back he has to sit, but the two lead up trials have been brilliant. Um, I'm pretty certain he's going to be heading up to the Winter Carnival. Uh, I think everything maps well. First up record, this and the other. The booking of J-Mac I love. So I'm on. I'm putting Flag of Honor on top, and I'm just making a few assumptions around Lavish Empire coming from midweek form to be slightly under the odds. 
And if I were to make a case for anyone else, I can make a case for Pretty Wild, Miss Hellfire, Contemporary, Contemporary more so. Godolphin's backed it off the map. Zach Lloyd's claiming. Should love the extra 100 metres. And I think he faced really tough two-year-old opposition. And I think we'll see it flourish in this three-year-old season. So second up, a dry track and better draw will all play in his favour. So I can... Definitely warrant contemporary support, but I'm going to put Flag of Honor on top. All right, Cody with J-Mac. Uh, Tommy? I think contemporary, yeah. It's, it's, yeah where it got to at the end of last prep, it was really good. I think it's first up run. Um, there's definitely excuses. I think uh, a lot of people thought he would win, but back off a, a bit of a break, and I'm keen to see where it, uh, how it comes after another run. Uh, Zach Lloyd on for uh, James Cummins is... Pretty good. Nice, yeah. Gets him low in the weights. The other one, I don't mind fresh. He's pretty wild on a heavy track, especially as running through the day. I think pretty wild can run well. And uh, a bit of money for Anagen and a bit of a price as well. And um, there's a lot of speed. Anagen can make up a heap of ground. But uh, contemporary for me. Okay, contemporary Zach Lloyd. Race number five is another 1,200-meter sprint. We've got Kips Bay as favorite. Uh, it's coming in a couple of bucks too. Karen is aboard for Nathan Doyle. Seven bucks into 480. We've got Hellfest. Zach aboard for Cummings. It's uh, sevens into fives. We've got Dashing Legend. Hawks runner, sevens into 550. Val Master is going around. J-Mac for Waller. It's 950 to 550. Coming up Oh, first run for a couple of months. Fox Fighter is there at sevens in from 13. God, there's been a lot going on here. There must be... Ah, Democracy Manifest. Big scratching, 24 cents. Ignore all those flux, but uh, Democracy Manifest has um, taken a big chunk out of all those odds. But um, where have you landed, Coey? I totally understand why Democracy Manifest is going to the last race opposed to this one. I think this one, staying in the same grade and staying at the same trip made no sense to me, carrying a lot of weight. So I can understand it going to the benchmark 100. Uh, As for this race... Now with him gone, so I've pretty much highlighted three horses. Fox Fighter, great smashing the line in that Hawkesbury rush last week. I like the quick backup. Price is okay. Uh, it does prefer running on top of the ground, so I can probably – I do have a little bit of a query. Dashing Legend and Hellfest is where I want to be looking at at the moment. Uh, Dashing Legend ran three wide the trip last start in the Arrowfield sprint. The – I know the track was heavy, but the way it fought on on that track on that day was strong, and I'm happy to follow her again in a, in a benchmark race this time around. Loves the cut out of the ground, and the barrier isn't horrible. So six bucks or thereabouts. Oh, I mean, actually, it's probably coming in a fair bit with that scratching, but I could still follow her. And Hellfest could be back-to-back Godolphin races, race four and five. Uh, lose one and a half kilos. Got scratched out of the race two weeks ago, I think, at the same grade thereabouts anyway. I just do like where this horse will settle in the run. I think it'll get a peach of a running transit. Smart type, last prep, came third or second behind I Am Me, who could be a star in the future, I'm not sure. Um, And her latest trial was a bit like an awesome watch. was steady, only five-horse trial, but... Strong piece of work and keep an eye on her going to Queensland. So if I were to split the two, I'd be more inclined to go Hellfest over Dashing Legend, but I can see both of them winning. Are you, Coe? I mean, Tommy? Mate, uh, yeah, I found it a bit of a tough one. I actually, um, I think, yeah, Kipsey's got a lot on it, but um, I don't mind Spirinac at a bit of a price. Um, I thought the trial was really good and, uh, last time it came third first up uh, off a really long break and sort of blown, um, had the two runs, came six in the Kosciuszko and not suited at all. And I think she um, yeah, I think she ran really well. I think this race might be good for her as well. Looked, looked at the last trial. She was written a bit more intently, even though there was only three in the trial at Musselbrook. But I... Um, I think she could be a bit of a knockout here. So I, I think she may go a bit more forward and not dictate, but just, yeah, be a bit closer and still have enough uh, for a bit of a finish. So little specking on Spirinac, but wouldn't surprise me if Kip says the one to beat. Spirinac. I just want to quick, quickly note, though, I think Spirinac will win this if it goes forward. 
I think the trial was great intent, Tommy. So, I, yeah, definitely a good trial. It was off slower time on the day. But, yeah, I think the intent might be to shoot a bit more closer to the run because there is the, – the race isn't really – Full of speed. I think Kips Bay will cross from that wide out. and Especially her drawing three, yeah. I yeah, agree. I think it needs to step forward or – I think it. you'll see how it will run within the first 200 metres essentially. And Kips Bay, I just can't back because Queensland form, coming back to Sydney, it's always a tricky one to map and I don't know. I just, I just don't rate it as highly for us going to Queensland opposed to Queenslanders coming down here. So that's why I've ignored him. All right, well, Spirina, good odds if you want to have a slice. Race 6, 1,800-meter benchmark at 88. Navajo Peak is the favorite. Four bucks out from 380, pretty much bang on. Quality time, dual win soon. Uh, 6.50, Dylan Gibbons aboard for Waller. Honey Creeper is there, drawn pretty wide. Jay Collett aboard. Lakeen, Zach claiming one and a half. 12s into 9.50. Everything Zach's on, it seems to just come in a couple of bucks. Uh, Ida is there, Solar Apex. Uh, silent agenda. Anything being back? Nothing else. Uh, probably, I don't know. Lakeen, maybe a couple of bucks. Maybe Honey Creeper, Coey. I'm on quality time for the tick. Hopefully, uh, owes me cash. Soft track. If one and a half kilo claim, low draw. Uh, I can see it bouncing back into winning ways. His last win was in the Port Mac Cup, and since then he's been contesting much stronger grades and finally falls into a nice little benchmark 88 here over the ideal 1,800 metres, I think. Uh, last start in the JRA was just out the back, raced ungenerously on a testing surface, and you know we saw what Pride of Jetty did to them. Um, I think it, you could put a whole, like a big pen through that, uh, that race in general. I think it's very hard to really get a a read on how each each and every runner went in that race, especially with Jenny going 15 lengths forward, rounding into the home turn, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. Fourth up, lower grade, on a better surface, should see him getting closer. I just want to make a point with Navajo Peak. I just think four bucks is way unders. I don't know. Um, the, the biggest ticket has for Navajo is that it is likely to lead, so it will take luck out of the equation. It'll probably steady it up and find the fence. So that's the biggest tick. But he's another one that's going to be coming from Doombin. And over 2,000 metres where he beat a far weaker field than this. Um, and this one is actually surprisingly deep, I think. So Saturday looks far far trickier. Uh, prior to that, it came second down down here in Sydney against Louvois in a midway at benchmark 72 grade. So I just, I just think four bucks is just too short for me. So I'm with quality time, and if Navajo Peak drifts to close to six, I'd probably jump on. I like quality time. What about you, Tommy? Um, I'm leaning towards Solar Apex. I think um, I think second half would be a bit better. Uh, Jeremy Moreira aboard uh, for Chris Waller. Uh, this time of year is where we saw it finally get going last Um last year as well so i like the book in the joe for walla i think it's a very open staying race and i think this is just the sort of race that walla wins and it's just about picking the right one i think solar apex is the one but yeah i, I could talk about a few and uh, a few good chances but yeah I, i'm just back in the back in the better walla one at the moment i think Solar Apex, you've got to keep an eye on J-Mac, who's aboard a $13 chance in Odira. Uh, another Walla runner. Interesting, in, interesting booking. Just, that's <laughs> all I wrote. Interesting booking. I'm just not sure what to do with it. Uh, first leg of the quaddy is called the Vale Dean Holland Handicap. Uh, floating is going around as favourite. $3.40 in from four twenty. J J-Mac aboard for Matt Smith. Kayobi. Uh, four forty in a couple of bucks or a buck for Jay Collett and Steve Cavanaugh. Money from the sky for eighty newlywed Zach claiming one and a half for the Hawks. That's drifted five fifty to seven first time today, uh, and then maybe a couple of dollars for to the nines. But that's about it. Who are you with for the opening leg, Coey? I think the market's pretty bang spot on on this one. I think the three at the top, so Kobe floating and money from the sky is where I'd be looking at definitely. The punters definitely haven't missed, nor have the bookies. Um, starting with Kyobi, talented type, but it was a little bit flat in that midway provincial midway championships final last start. 
heavy was, track actually, might, wasn't it? Yeah. heavy heavy track might have been the undoing. Uh, no, Tommy um, picked Spangler on the day, and it was airborne on the heavy track. So maybe that is the only query about it. So going back onto soft softer, I guess, firmer ground, should I say, probably improve out of sight. Uh, as for that, short enough in the market, so I could probably look for something else, but he will be thereabouts. Floating, I think another horse that everyone was a little bit disappointed of last start. It was in the midway, I think, last start, where it was pretty much like an odds-on $2 mm, pop. Yeah. Um, where it had every opportunity to, you know, kind of come on and plug away and close, bridge the gap, but I don't know, it was it was flat foot at the top of the straight and then it closed late, but it was far too late by that point. So whether it needed that extra run in between to be tip top third up, I'm not sure. So I'm going to kind of forgive, but the quote's short and money from the sky. Uh, excellent second up record. Uh, good hit out last run. Um, closed off late to second. I'm going to see, I reckon there's going to be plenty of improvement coming this run. Uh, I like the barrier on money from the sky more so than floating where I think floating could get stuck on the fence here. I think I, I know that J Mac knows the horse inside and out and they like to ride it pretty cold out the back, but that draw has me a little bit worried whereby money from the sky does go back, but it's drawn wider where it'll probably get cover, probably sit four pairs back thereabouts and then find the outside coming into the home turn. So I just think the transit in runs far more suitable for money from the sky. And that's why I'm going to put him on top. Okay. What about you, Tommy? Yeah, I'm a floating fan, but it was disappointing last, um, last start, especially in the midway, but you got to think that, um, McDonald on here, uh, look, we've seen the ability of where we can get to just about tapping into it. Um, I, I think on ability, it should be able to win this race. Um, but last start, yeah, there's definitely some doubts. Kobe's been running really well. Fourth in a country championship final was was great. But um, I want to go with floating. Just um, this might be the final straw, though, if I uh, can't get the job done. Okay, floating. All right, race eight is uh, 1,300 metre, benchmark 78, and short shorts is equal favourites with Frumos. One's drawn barrier one, one drawn barrier 12. Frumos has J-Mac aboard. It's 480 to 550. Reese Jones aboard for Brad Whitup, 650 to 550 on short shorts. Sonora, Dylan Gibbons is riding for Kieran and Dave. It's on the drift. It's 480 to 650. Damiana, Magic Man is aboard. It's pretty much bang on what it opened, 850. Air to air, Brett Preble. It's drawn pretty wide for the water house camp it's 12s into 10s Pickerones is there Zach Lloyd Lekvate uh, Notions oh, there's hardly been anything going on market wise this whole race pretty much um, Coe where'd you land uh, I want to follow two so I want to follow Sonora and Air to Air here I think um, I think Sonora will step cleanly forward and she'll posse out probably outside short shorts who's likely to be the leader um that horse only knows one way, so I'm hoping that we can just settle nice on the speed right outside of the leader, and if it replicates anything similar to uh, the run she had on February 4 at Randwick, it should be amongst the first across the line, and I think the price is far better on this occasion to take, so I'll be with Sonora on top, and air to air, didn't make the field last week in the Hawkesbury Crown, but finds herself in this peach of a benchmark, you know, 78 for Phillies and Mares, her first her win at the Kenzo first up was str- a really strong return to racing. I like her stepping up to 1,300 metres. Gets a little bit of a sticky draw, and I think that's why the price is a little bit longer. Uh, but she is a go-back type, so I expect her to fly late. And I think double-digit price, I mean, I think that's a great little value play. And for those who like Frumos, I think Barrier 12 is perfect for it because... I think this horse gave us heartaches multiple times last prep, being drawn on the inside and getting stuck on the fence and couldn't find an out. And there was some horror. Yeah, I don't want to relive it because I was on it a couple of times. But if you like Fremont, Barry 12 looks ideal. Yeah, I like what Kaylee said about air to air. I definitely could entertain it if it was on a better track. Um, I just really worry about how much rain we're going to have by race eight. And the gate as well. Uh, I just don't know where Air to Air gets to. And I think if 
I think if we get a fair bit of rain and the track's playing up a bit, I know we haven't raced on it in over a month, but Edward, just just that spec, like I just really wish it was a, a good track. But um, just just one to watch on the day, I reckon, with Ed Air. Uh, if you don't get as much rain, I could definitely entertain it. But I think it'll be with Frumos at the price. Um, we've seen what it can do and especially what it can do first up. Uh, as Gary said, draw's not too bad. I think... Yeah, if and if that rain does come, I think it definitely suits Frumos. Um, so it could even be backed in. So I reckon if the rain comes, Frumos, and if we're a bit dry, maybe go air to air. All right, air to air, good odds. Uh, Democracy Manifest is the favourite in race nine, so scratched earlier to run here. It's 3.20 to 2.70 already. Uh, Cole Crusher going around. Brad Rewilla this time uh, riding Cole Crusher. It's $5.50. Cotelli, Tyler Schiller is there. It's 8 bucks. Uh, Wild Planet, J-Mac, $10 horse. He's uh, 13s into 10s. Military Expert is there at 11s. Flying Crazy, Bold Mac, Brutality, Logan Street Lion, anything else at odds. It's not a bad race, to be honest, Kelly, but... Probably tough to find a winner. Favourite's good. Favourite's good, and I can't knock it. Like, I mean, it was a brilliant ride by Marrera last start where it found the shortcuts and came up the fence in the uh, benchmark 88. I do prefer him starting here, like I mentioned earlier. I think just the fact that he gets the the weight relief, gets the further trip, I think things map up a lot better for it. Once again, it will be a weather watch, like Tommy mentioned, by this stage of the day. So, I mean... 270 or thereabouts is well short for me at this stage. So I'm going to – I will make a case for Cold Crusher and military, uh, military Expert. I think Cold Crusher, Barrier 4, looks to be holding the fence. I think it will take luck out of the equation. Uh, loves the give out of the ground. He won fourth up last prep and came second over class and trip last prep as well. Um, so I could definitely make a big case for it. And in that race back in December, where it ran second, he was three wide for the first 400 metres and was just nosed out by Superior, who had who had a far more economical run. So I think he should be tip-top this fourth up in this benchmark 100. And I like him as on the nose. And as for military expert, I think first up, he ran wide the whole trip and tired late. This study gets a far better draw where he can tack onto the back of the leaders and get the cushiest, cushier run in transit. And his second up record is good. So one at odds for me is military expert. But yeah, Cold Crusher on top for me. Democracy manifest, surely, Tommy. Bit of a worry. Just, yeah, a bit of a worry. I mean, Joe, Joe has ridden it really well. Um, shortest way home last start. Um, I'm actually leaning towards Bold Mac. I think it's trolled really well. Gets in really low weight. Um, we've seen what it can do at its best. And, yeah, I, I think Bold Mac is a really good bet. Um, they do put a bit of speed and a few laters getting on and can really set up for something like Brutality or even um, Cuban Royale. It's drawn It's drawn the fence, so I think it'll be a bit closer and it's, it's turn a foot on a heavy track. Um, again, if we do get a lot of rain, I think Cuban Royale could be the one to knock them out, but... Uh, I like Bold Mac here. Um, no succulent Chinese male. Taking the LJ Ford Mac, eh? All right, $12 for Bold Mac. Alcione even there. It's on the absolute drift, Zach Lloyd. Um, all right, race 10, last of the day. And Huesca, his favourite, Brett Preble. 420 into 380. Capo Zach Lloyd drawn wide, claiming a bit. Uh, it's 550 to 440. Exceletus, J Collett for FIFA, 480. And then we're double figures pretty much robusto. J Mac, it's 10s into 850. It's drawn barrier seven. That's going to be first up for a couple of months. Starman, uh, Marrera, it's $11. Anything else back in? Not really. Uh, where'd you land in the last, Coey? So three that I can talk about. Capo I think is a tricky one for me. I think the draw's extremely sticky. Looks to step out from the park, car park, and he is a natural pace setter, so he's going to have to work a heap to get over right across, which is going to likely be Wesker on the fence leading. So I don't know how much energy he expels, but I think circumstantially where he's drawn everything else, uh, I think he is one for the exotics, and I think he's definitely one that is going to drift out. Uh, Robusto... 
Interesting, runner. I love, obviously, hard to knock a Walla J Mac combination. Uh, I'm not sure where this three year old's going to settle in the trip, but his record over the trip is favourable. His recent trial at Hawk, Hawkesbury behind Hellfest was strong. Uh, although he doesn't really have the riding on the wall when it comes to fresh, uh, his four starts, zero, zero, 001, so it doesn't really read well. But I know that Walla's got. Some decent opinions about this horse, and uh, I've got a feeling, uh, just a little sneaky suspicion, he might be heading towards a JJ uh, up in Queensland. So, I, if that were to be the case, I would expect a little bit of a bold showing uh, to, you know, be favourable in getting a start in the JJ. So, yeah, keep an eye on him. Uh, and luckily, the well, lucky last Huesca, I think, rightful favourite for me. Draws well, should be the leader, hold the fence. Last start, he was a bit tardy away. He shuffled back for some cover, unfortunately, and his race was a little bit ridden upside down. Um, he found a three-wide line, and that wasn't desirable in the closing stages, but he still found the line really well. So if he jumps clean, I want to be with him on the nose, Hueska. Who takes that last, Tommy? Yeah, I'm leaning towards Hueska too. I think... Um I think it's been good this prep, really building in on its runs and just really sets up. I think not a lot of speed where it can just dictate prevalent for Gay and Adrian. I, I think it looks really good here, Quesca. Uh Robusta, one to watch. Starman, one to watch. And a few others here. But, um, yeah, I can't say too much more. I think Quesca is the one I want to be on. All right, Wesca, uh, take out the last preble. All right, we're going to have a look at two races, or pretty much one race from Eagle Farm. Uh, we're going to the Victory Stakes, which is um, it's a bit of a cracker. Private Eye is up there running. Uh, it's a $300,000 race, 1,200 metres. Avdulla is up there riding for Joe Pryor aboard Private Eye. It's $2.30. Nash is there aboard Rothfire. It's into $6. King of Sparta, Chad Schofield aboard. All the, Aussie, all the New South Wales boys are up. Uh, Case of you. Ben Thompson is riding there at 750. Prince of Boom, which was a really good uh, win last start uh, for Ash, one of the listeners. It's one of his horses, Bastard. Um, that's a little bit of a drift. It's 550 to 750. And then you got the likes of Paul Lelly, Baller, Hollyfield, and Dragon Leap. So it's actually a bit of a cracking race, Tommy. Um, can anyone beat Private Eye? Yeah, not a bad race. I do like Private Eye. Has uh, won at Eagle Farm before and had a few starts there. This prep... Uh I just don't know. I think for me, something about Private Eye screams spring horse. Like it's um, Epsom, it's spring performance last year. It's just, I don't know. Just when I think of Private Eye, I think of spring. And yeah, I just don't know. I, I don't know about this prep. I, I, I'd love to see it come back in there, but to at $2.30, I'd, I'm not too sure. You know what I really like is the booking of Nash on Rothfire. I think um, this horse really needs someone over the top, and I think Nash. Nash is really intriguing on Rothfire. I'd, I'd like to see that. And um, as you said, mate, that ride of Prince of Boom was huge. It beat a really hot field. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't think that can be shaped. Uh, big re- uh, head coat runner here. Um, 750 to spec is great. Pulele as well. Um, I don't think that's a bad, a bad shout. My tab up has shit itself. So I was looking at it. But, yeah, this, I think it's a cracking field. I want to... I'm probably just going to watch, but 750 for Prince of Boom. If that gets out even more, I definitely could be um, persuaded. It was right, written a peach from Ormond, and the fact that it beat Rothfire by three. Uh, yeah, I don't know why it's um, drifting. What about you, Coey? What do you think? This is a little hot race, and uh, I think Tommy's summation on Private Eye is bang on. I kind of. I totally agree with him. I think he just hasn't come back that way. If it was class alone, he is hands down the classiest horse. But Auden just doesn't seem to have his... Yeah, I don't know. Like, he doesn't seem to run as well in the autumn as the spring. And that's why I'm, 2.30 is very, very short. And I know it is a set weights event. So, like, he will get the favour in that regard that everyone's going to be riding at 58 and a half. Uh, but, yeah, $2.30 to find out is extremely short. And... I'd rather be with Rothfire. Tommy's already made a case. Paul Laley runs really well fresh. Yeah, and Prince of Boom, I know he's, you know, coming into a grade where this is some elite sprinting types at a weight-for-age scale. So 
So we will see if he is good enough. If he wins this, he'll go real deep into this Queensland preparation, let me tell you. Yeah. Like he will be Stradbroke and all the above. He'll be amongst the best going around. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow in politely or Rothfire here at the moment. All right, Polelli, 10 bucks, Rothfire, 6 bucks, and gets Nash. I'm um, just going to mention the last race because of this shorty, Kovalika. It's drawn wide, Nash is aboard, flew home in the last start. I can't remember what it was in. It was um, wherever that Rosetta one that I think both Brad's actually tipped at pretty good odds, but flew home. Um, it's a short favourite. It's 2.25. You've know, you got the likes of like the Fortune Teller, the Vows, Brosnan, uh, Tapple Doodle Doo is one of the good names, um, but... What did you guys make of that Kovalika? I thought it was a pretty good run, like a cracking third last start. What do you reckon, Coey? 1,600. Like, stepping up to the mile second up looks ideal. Yeah. Um, won twice over that trip, so... 225 is annoying. It, it is short, but I think that... I mean, it's rightfully so, to be absolutely yeah. honest. I think the fortune teller was good in that carbine over the mile, heavy eight. You know, it was a tough, tough win. I mean, it's a hot, another hot little race, but yeah, Kovalika, I mean, Barrier shouldn't be a worry. Nash is on board. A lot of ticks and upsides there. And I think the rest of the field, I mean, like the likes of Brosnan and whatnot, I think he's been up too long. So, yeah, I, I think it it appears thus far as a two-horse race for me. It'd be horse number two or horse number three. Okay. Uh, Tommy, anything to add to that race? No, not too much. I think Brosnan, um, Brosnan comes in the calculations too, and the Vials has got a picket fence, and Tapple do- uh, Doodle Doo has beaten some uh, incredible horses. But yeah, I just watched that run again of Kovlaker, and um, you can see why it's $2.25. Yeah. All right. Last one we're going to look at, and it is Sunday, Rockhampton. You boys wanted to have a look at the Archer. It's a 775,000, 1300 meter race. It's a good race. Uh, we got the favourite in Star Tontes, drawn wide, James Orman aboard. It is on the drift, maybe because of the barrier, but 320 out to 360. Uh, we have the likes of Vega One going around. That's at $10. That's in from 17 We got Gem Song that's coming in a couple of bucks. We got Emerald Kingdom there at 750 We got Surf Dancer for Gay Waterhouse. That's at 750 We got We Own a Smart One at 550 uh, Namazoo's there. Alpine Edge is there, which can always piss people off up front. Uh what else? Anything else in odds? Count the beans you caught, and then a bunch of uh, emergencies. But this is a pretty interesting race, Tommy. Um, I know you wanted to mention it, but do you like one? Uh, I just want to start by saying, like, we haven't, we obviously missed last week's podcast, but the week before with the Quokka, and we've seen a few other slot races outside the Everest. I think they build incredible fields. I think yeah. turnover on the Quokka alone is incredible. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's just uh, it's just an incredible concept, these turnovers. I mean, these horses can run for big money, and it's not the clubs that are forking out the money. It's it's the owners. It's almost like a game of poker, you know? People are putting, putting their own money down on the table and, and um, gambling against each other, and we see quality horses and quality races because of it, and I think this is another one. I really like We Own a Smart One. Um, that first run is an absolute forget because... It fell out of the gates. It just, um, you watch the head on at that start and it really it knuckled down before it went. And to even get within Kui of them, I thought was incredible. So I, I'm a big fan of We Own a Smart One. And um, what it got to last prep before uh, was incredible winning uh, placing in Sydney Stakes and spoken about in, in the same breath as some Everest horses. So I, I really like We Own a Smart One here. And, um, I think you're getting 550. I think that's a great price. What do you reckon, Coe? Is Chargy at Rockhampton? Yeah, he will be up at Rockhampton. He's got uh, one, of, one of the uh, the all-time junkets, he said. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> he has to fly in on the Saturday for the Sunday meeting. So he'll be at the Calcutta if you're up there. And then Monday, he has to stay back an extra night because he's going to Thangle or somewhere in the sticks on the Tuesday. So... He said, yeah, I'll, I'll be doing my form for Thangle from the, uh, from the RSL or the pub or <laughs> wherever wherever they serve uh, beverages. So he'll be up there and he'll he's always good for a tip. So I'll look forward to hearing from him. Um, as for this, man, like, starts on Tays looks way too short, doesn't it? 360. I know it's stepping up into more ideal territory. One 
the Tats Tiara, you have to remember this time last year, which is a group one level, albeit for Phillies and mares. But, I mean, quality horse, can't disregard. I don't mind Maotai. I don't mind we own a smart one. Like Tommy said, it was it buckled on the start and had to go right at the back and still closed off. Surf Dance has got a great story with Gay, um, one of the owners of this horse passing away as of late and Gay's going up there for it. Um, even Emerald, Emerald Kingdom goes steps up into a much for like a ideal trip. Can make a case for it. I don't have a bet here at this stage, but I think Startontes is way too under the price for me. All right. Uh, I've just written on our um, Facebook page to charge you to try and give us some mail before he puts his Sky Mail out. So if you're not in there, jump into the Facebook group. Uh, Kohai will put up tips for the weekend. I will too. Tommy does when he wants to. Um, anything else you want to look at before we wrap up, boys? Any other race all around Australia? Anything in Perth? Anything? I don't know if we want anyone. I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this before it gets uploaded, but I do like Chevron running in race four at Musselbrook tomorrow. Who is also dual accepted for the first race at Rose Hill? I think this this horse will probably likely win if it goes to Musselbrook. Two dollars fifteen, Aaron Bullock aboard. All right, um, free cash. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, I'll jump in with some um, South Australian males since Chris isn't on this podcast. Uh, I think Sam Clipperton going down to Right Arts. Um, it's the Australasian little, Guineas. Um, Oaks, 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 sorry, Oaks, Oaks, yeah. Yeah, little, little birdie told me she, she went the other way at Hawkesbury the other day and looked incredible. So, um, yeah, oh, it's 480 for the Australasian Oaks. So, yeah, not bad. All right. All right, boys. Thank you for joining us. Um, we haven't done a record since, I think, what did we do a couple of Friday nights ago, Coey? Didn't we go to a Manly game? You, myself, Chris... Tommy got us tickets to watch Melbourne and Manly play. I think think we still did one Thursday, didn't we? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. That was was a good win by the Manly Warringah Seagulls. So just wanted to bring bring that up as well. Long way to go. Long way to go. All right. uh, Go the Sharks. Enjoy, boys. Happy happy punting on Saturday. Talk soon. See you, boys.